0: And welcome, everyone, to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 103.7 The Games Exclusive Pro Wrestling Podcast. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so. But let's waste a little time and get right down to brass tacks of what's causing all this. That is the WWE releases. it's a big reason why we're firing off the sirens right now with an emergency Cajun Strong Style Podcast. First things first, obviously, that's been the big story over the last several hours because this is being taped on thursday the day that it happened and i'm gonna give you a rundown of all the ones that i have in check as of right now at the time of me hitting record on this bad boy i haven't seen any updates from the folks like sean ross sap uncle dave or anybody else any additional people that we need to bring up into this so we're gonna go ahead and let this sleeping dog lie when it comes to this if anything more ads We'll talk about it on our Twitter account at Cajun Strong Style. And we'll go in order in a little bit. So the first ones that can be released, the first two actually, Mickey James and Billy Kay. Then about ten minutes later, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, they were and Wesley Blake, they were all fired. They're all released. Then came the big ones, Samoa Joe, then Bo Dallas. Then we start wrapping up with Peyton Royce. And then you've got, you know. Mojo Rawley, he was the last one to get brought up. This was right around 6 o'clock when that news broke. And, of course, Sean Ross Sapp is actually reporting that apparently John Laurinaitis made the decisions and called all these guys and basically did what CM Punk said he was he would have done 10 years ago. Almost, like, it's crazy to think that was 10 years ago during his promo where he basically said this. Hey, kid, it's a budget thing. Best of luck in your future endeavors. It's amazing to think that, like, yes, it was a work shoot angle, but damn if it wasn't, like, the truth. I would love to see something like it's just, like, he spoke his truth then, and it's amazing to see how much it turned out to absolutely be true. I, I can now, I still can't believe that we've seen all these people no longer with the company. And it's insane. Again, Mojo Raleigh. I mean, some of these guys, again, Bo Dallas, Mojo Raleigh, Tucker, make some sort of sense. I'll kind of break them down each individually in terms of what they last did and, more importantly, where do I think they are going to go going forward because that's obviously something everybody's talking about because, obviously, the sport professional wrestling, there's so much out there. Who doesn't want to root for an underdog? Who doesn't want to root to see some other stars kind of rise to the top? In case in point, you know, guys alike, I mean, Mickey James, she hasn't necessarily been featured on TV in a good while. Tucker. Kalisto, to a certain extent, hasn't been featured a whole hell of a lot. Samoa Joe, obviously, had been commentary for a while. Bo Dallas hadn't been shown since 2019, and he's largely getting out of the business. Again, we'll, we'll talk about each of these people one by one and in the chronological order that we see it. So first off, Billy Kay was the big surprise. She was just involved in Tag Team turmoil. the second match in night one of WrestleMania. And this is like, you always think about it. Like, your last appearance, you always kind of want to let yourself get over and, you know, wind up being taken out and you lose on your way out. But this was kind of a, just a major gut punch because she had spent a lot of time getting over with the resume gimmick. I think everybody, that was probably some of the highlights of Raw or SmackDown or anything, because after the they split up the Iconics for no good reason, we got the resume gimmick and it worked out really well. I popped for her moments in the Royal Rumble with Shotzi Blackheart shooting her with the tank, and you know her teaming up with with Jillian, the, the Jillian Billy duo, which would have been a great thing to see as part of the WrestleMania tag team turmoil. Just my opinion, but I like what I saw for the most part from her, especially as of late. You know, it would have been great to see the Iconics keep going. Because it was just pointless for them to break up. But, you know, hopefully the future holds out pretty well for her. I think there's a lot of great spots that she could be on. I think Impact Wrestling is probably where I'd put my money on right here, right now. The other ones, I'd say Ring of Honor. They'd love to add notable names to their women's tournament after, you know, the 90 Day No Compete, which, according to Dave Meltzer, is going to expire for all these people July 14th. It's a date to keep in mind. Of course, I just because they mentioned it was going to be this summer. Could she be part of the tourney? Or could she be part of the Ring of Honor women's division down the road? Because who's to say in the next, you know, three to four months, Ring of Honor doesn't start doing live shows again. And he could have the women not longer the women of honor, just the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, and the title picture could involve her in a way. I think that'd be a great step for them. But again, it's all about how they can pull this off. Then we go to Mickey James. Hadn't been used much at all in the last year or so. Hell of a hand in the women's division still. She put on a lot of solid matches over the last couple of years. I mean, she came back from wrestling after a while to have that match with Asuka. And that was an amazing match. Now, Mickey James is getting a little bit older. She had that ACL injury a couple of years ago. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she winds up in the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, if they want to pair her with Nick Aldis. But honestly, I think she'll spend a lot of time away from the 20 by 20 squared circle and spend some more time being a mom. And I'm not saying she should. I just think that's where she's going, what she's going to do for the foreseeable future. Well past that 90 day, no compete. She's got a young child and I'm sure she wants to spend as much time as humanly possible with him as he's growing up. And I'd love to see like Mickey James return to the ring. But it feels like maybe maybe that phase of her career is over. I don't know. But I'm sure she'd love to see one more run, even in Impact Wrestling, even though they did kill her off many years ago when James Warren pushed her in front of a train. But I think that's kind of where I'm at. I would love to see her in the ring, but I wouldn't be upset if she decided to hang up the boots and go ahead and kind of ride off into the sunset. Because, well, again, she's got a kid. I'm sure she's made plenty of money. She's made plenty of memories. So why not kind of hang it up right now? At least this is what I think. I'm sure many of you would love to see her continue to wrestle. I would too. Then we get to Chelsea Green, and it's definitely bad luck, Chelsea. She made her main roster debut on SmackDown, kind of the run up to the Survivor Series. I believe she was supposed to be on the women's tag team, the women's team, but lo and behold, she got injured, so that didn't happen. And now she hasn't really been seen since. I think Impact Wrestling has returned. It's in the cards 100%. The Laurel Van Ness gimmick got over us. Hell, I mean, she even posted a picture of her as the Laurel Van Ness, like post-marriage angle, which was, a, again, that's one of the big highlights of pro wrestling for me in the like 2010s was the Laurel Van Ness gimmick. It was tons of fun and entertaining as all get-out. And nobody was really paying attention to Impact at the time, but she was putting together really good stories. She was putting together entertaining things. So I think she has a chance to do that. AEW, plenty of women. I think the ROH thing could work as well, but I feel like it's impact or bust for her. Again, she's got Matt Cardona. She's about to get married. So I'm sure they could wind up working together. That would be a lot of fun. But I think AEW has plenty of women, so I can't see many of the females released laying in Tony Khan's world, at least in my mind. First of all, he's got to get his act together in terms of coming up with a consistent booking strategy for the women. Mind you, Dynamite last night, he had two women's matches. That's a step in the right direction. It's baby steps, but it's steps nonetheless. Then we get to Tucker. Tucker turned on Otis back in October at Hell in a Cell. It was never really seen after that. He popped up from time to time, had a couple squash matches, but just did nothing for me. He'll be an indie game in my mind once more shows start happening across the country. He's going to be a guy that's going to be getting some decent money because of that former WWE superstar tag that we see a lot of those guys get. I think he'd be great. In that role, he's a good hand, but it's just, I feel like they ruined the Tucker character the second they had him turn heel. And there was no retribution for Otis. There was no vengeance. It's like, I wanted to see Otis get over, but no, we have to not have that plan in place. Business as usual for the WWE, but NWA could be one that he could fill in. I want to see how he can do with other tag team partners, because who's say he can't be like a tag team specialist? I didn't see a whole lot of his stuff pre-WWE but he could be a guy to look at in the NWA that could make that tag team division a little bit more legit. Now let's get to Kalisto, former Samurai Del Sol. Hadn't been used much in 2020 and 2021, but was still a surprise when you think about it. He was one of the longest tenured and successful guys. He was NXT tag team champion as part of the Lucha Dragons, United States champion a couple times over, Cruiserweight champion. And I hate to say it, AEW feels way too easy, but at the same time, it's like, do we want to keep adding more of those guys like Laredo Kid? I think, best case scenario, he's a AAA CMLL kind of guy to start. It's a good starting point for him. And then maybe he winds up in AEW or Ring of Honor down the road. At this point, if you wind up just throwing him into an angle where he's part of Death triangle or whatever, then it just feels like you're adding too many guys that are luchadors in that stable. And it's like, I think it would be best to keep it actually a triangle. Then we get to Wesley Blake. He was part of King Corbin's stable for like a week or so. Yeah, I I had had nothing really positive to say about him. At the end of the day, he's an indie talent at absolute best. I'm sure he's going to team up with his buddy Cutler in that independent scene. Obviously, again, that's going to be starting on July 14th. But yeah, I don't know a hell of a lot about Wesley Blake. You paired him with so many bad gimmicks. Eventually, that was going to come back to bite you. Now comes the biggest one, when it comes right down to it, and that's Samoa Joe. That's the one everybody's talking about. He was doing commentary, obviously, all throughout the pandemic, and even the commentary at WrestleMania. Was, the last image you will probably ever see of Samoa Joe on television is him in a poncho with Michael Cole. Think about that. A guy that had masterful matches with CM Punk, Necro Butcher, Kenta Kobashi, and Ring, all these in like Ring of Honor and CCW, was part of the only five-star match in TNA history at Unbreakable 2005 against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. He had his last moment in WWE in the last year or so, being behind the commentary booth, and more importantly, being the guy that was wearing a poncho with Michael Cole. They neutered Samoa Joe, and again, a lot of this is injury-prone. He's not getting any younger, all the concussions. Again, it all makes sense in terms of the decisions being made. But at the end of the day, I think Joe is the hottest free agent in all of this. I was talking with our guy, Alan Michael, and I told him Samoa Joe's number one. I'd say Billy Kay's number two in my rankings of hottest free agents coming out of this batch of releases. I think he could fit in any other promotion that's out there. Impact, Ring of Honor. Hell, I'd say right here, right now, New Japan needs to call this cat up right now because I think he'd absolutely be a huge fit and a great benefit for the company. He'd be great to be part of that New Japan USA thing. I'd love to see him be a part of that. AEW would be a great fit for him as well. The fact it's in Florida, that'd be a step in the right direction. That'd be a huge positive for him. Impact Wrestling, if you want to come back over there, he'd be huge there. Ring of Honor, I, I think he'd be the best case scenario there. Because I think there's a lot of guys out there that he could absolutely have Haas matches with. Shane Taylor Promotions, the entirety of that group could have really good matches. Him and Silas Young could have one hell of a contest. Hell, put him against guys like Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. Give me those. Like, I think Samoa Joe, just the name power alone, could be huge for Ring of Honor. And I say a little bit of a run there and then maybe go to AEW down the road. I just don't know what's what the future holds for him. I can't say any way of like outright fact. I'm kind of going off of conjecture and my own personal speculation. But he's the most intriguing name at the fact that he's getting up there in age again. He's in his 40s. Who's to say he's going to be a full-time guy going forward? Who's to say those concussions and maybe some of the back issues from that stupid bump he took against Sting where he basically did a dive and landed on the freaking stairs. Like that was a dumb idea and it still probably bothers him to this day. He's the most intriguing free agent, bar none, in my book. Bo Dallas, last televised match was Crown Jewel 2019. He's not going to be wrestling anymore. Why? Well, he's already kind of got one foot out of the door. He had been wrestling in a while and just said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and focus on real estate. He's going to go ahead and start doing some real estate stuff. He's so hey, he's going to go on to do more big boy job things, so more power to him. And having that exit plan, that's the best part about all those. He has an exit strategy. Peyton Royce, the other half of that comics, hasn't done much for a while, but feels like she it feels like someone is going to get a great hand in the future. Again, I think Ring of Honor could do well with her. I think NWA would be a great fit, but I feel like AEW could be the best. Again, Sean Spears lives in Tampa. Oh, excuse me, Jacksonville, listen to me. So who's to say you can't have those who pair up? Again, AEW just loves to do that. You've got Brandy and Cody, you've got, you know. Bunny and I believe it's the Blade. I can't remember which one's which at certain points. But yeah, a lot of the husband and wife pairings, those are there in wrestling. And it's great to see. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have that kind of thing there. Now, it'll be interesting to see if that continues with Peyton Royce. I think she's a solid hand. She'd fit anywhere else. But it's also, you know, would Pinnacle fit? having a female in the ranks because obviously, you know, the Hardy front office has like 20 different people in their group and they've got the bunny and they also got Nyla Rose, Brent Baker, and all of them basically loosely associated with them. So I'm interested to see how that's all going to turn out, but she's going to be somebody to look at as more likely than not being somebody that's going to be in a W probably the most likely to go to a W outside of Joe. The last one, this one sucks. Mojo Raleigh, another one knocked off the list of guys that I have seen perform live at the Cage Dome. In fact, the last show at the Cage Dome before the COVID nineteen pandemic, Mojo Raleigh won the twenty four seven title for a brief minute over our truth. So we had that happen. And I was like, okay, awesome. Then obviously, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen next with him. He's probably a solid hand, but at the same time, I feel like they have they've ruined him past a certain point and they've never been able to like start, stop booking with them. It's basically the hype bros and the avenue of the tag team. And it's just like, you can never quite get him into that second gear. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with the man that doesn't get hype. He stays hype. What the future in his story is going to be, because I, it's just, there's a lot of questions that I'm going to have way too down the road. And of course, obviously, you know, we're going to see what happens But Mojo apparently was the one that hurt a lot of people, namely, you know, Sean Ross Sapp. I've been following him all day because his tweets, he's been breaking it down like a fraction, seeing how many guys are all getting fired and ish canned and all this stuff. And he actually brought up the fact that Mojo saw a post about, you know, his wife's special education class and all of a sudden basically he sent sent a video to cheer the students up. That really shows how great of a guy he is out of the ring. So I'm hoping he can wind up finding some success, be it in the ring or somewhere else, because he could be a great fit in a lot of different places, at least in my mind. I think he could work well. Probably more, I'd say, in the NWA or Impact Wrestling. I think that'd be the best-case scenario. But who's to say he wants to stick around the wrestling business after all the time he's spent in the WWE and kind of languishing for a good while. But that's going to about do it for the Cage's Strong Style Podcast, an emergency episode of the podcast recapping the newest WWE releases as of the time of this recording, which is about almost seven o'clock. So maybe we'll have some more stuff to talk about on Monday's edition of the Cajun Strong Style podcast. So make sure you keep it locked right here and also follow us on Twitter at Cajun Strong Style, C-A-J-N Strong Style. If you haven't followed us already, what the hell are you doing? And more importantly, I definitely say this every single time, but leave a five-star review a six-star if you're out in the Tokyo Dome. That way you can make sure your friends and everybody else out there listening knows what this podcast is and what it's all about. Until Monday, take it easy. Enjoy all the great wrestling out there.